Today on the Zabecast, when a barrel of crude oil is less than a pint of ice cream, that's bad. The NFL held a mock draft on Monday, and, well, there was some issues. Ron Thomas joins me. We're going to talk basketball in the epic Last Dance miniseries, episodes one and two. All that, plus who knew shell collecting was so serious. Your daily Kickstarter of Uncensored Me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! <laughs> Here we go! Tuesday, April 21st, 2020, thank you for joining me. Behold, Simi, life, real life, a thing that we have been denied for far too long. Good morning, my neighbors! Hey, fuck you! Yes! Yes! Fuck you, too! Ah, yes, indeed. I am your apocaloptimist, somebody who knows it's all going to shit, but I still think it's going to turn out okay in the end. Day 41 of No Sports Mageddon Apocalypse, and we are digging into the NFL draft this week. We are savoring... The Jordan documentary, more on that with Ronnie T in just a second. And there's stuff that is still going to crop up along the way. By the way, uh, parts of the country are beginning to awaken from their coronavirus-induced coma. And we'll see how it works out. A lot of people not real happy about it. I never knew there were so many absolutely credentialed epidemiologists on Twitter who apparently had given up their job as an epidemiologist to then become a journalist or a talk show host or a blogger or a sports guy. Hey, shut up. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know this. There's a lot of people mad at places like Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee and Ohio and Texas that are going to start opening up and restricting or uh, opening up and starting to rescind some of the restrictions. I mean, (laughs) at some point, like I said, you can't hold your breath underwater waiting for the bees to leave forever, at some point. But anyway, uh, I just, again, with the vaccines, I saw a quote from Cuomo in New York, it's over when there's a vaccine. Holy shit, you people. That's not how it works. And Novak Djokovic was asked about, you know, would you take a vaccine if you had to in order to compete? And he's like, no, I don't think I would. And immediately, Djokovic is an (laughs) anti-vaxxer. That is just amazing that it goes that quickly to he's an anti-vaxxer. And I'm not saying that all vaccines are bad or whatever, but they do cause problems. I mean, read up on it, people. It's all I'm saying. But, you know, we're in an age when somebody's opinion or their stance on things is always going to be distorted and people are going to clobber them over the head with it. And this whole thing that drives me nuts, too, about we're going to be led by the science. Science! I feel like the uh, uh, the song uh, Blinded Me With Science by Thomas Dolby. Science! Science! In fact, I think the governor of California, Gavin Newsom, tweeted that we will be led by the science, and he capitalized science. Problem is, this is a civics question on when and how and where 
and why to open up the country again and the states again. It's a political leadership question. You have to say, yes, thank you, doctors. Thank you, scientists. Thank you, modelers. We have taken all of your data and your input, and we are now, as elected leaders, going to have to huddle up and make a decision, a compromised, a calculated trade-off. How much of this at the price of how much of that? There's just no blindly following the science. Besides, the science is contradictory. There are other scientific models, essays, theories, strategies that you could say, well, this guy says this. How much are we willing to do and at what price? What chances do we have of screwing it up versus the odds we're maybe doing way more harm than good? I don't know. That's a political decision. And that's how society works. Bowing to science is just as dumb as bowing to God. It's the left's, it's the left's version of God. As much as I hate these preachers, I don't care. We're going to convene because of the God has providence over us. We're going to have church service. I think multiple preachers, or at least one in Virginia, died after having a service in the middle of a pandemic. It's stupid. But bowing to science, all caps, is it's the same thing, only on the left. God, science. Science is messy, it's evolving, it's inherently uncertain, has a lot of conflict in it. And you got to keep on grinding at it. You're anti-science, Zabe. No, I'm pro-science, but uh, people that are like, well, you got to listen to the science. What does the science say? It says it's this, absolutely this. Oh, really? For sure? You sure that it's not going to change or evolve or that there's other competing theories? How, How do you feel about that? Somebody put out a Venn diagram, circles. Those taking coronavirus seriously, circle. Those concerned about the economic devastation, circle. And those concerned about personal liberty, circle. And in the middle of the three circles, somebody put me. And I'm like, yep, I would like to be considered in the middle as well. Facebook is banning protest groups from organizing online. (laughs) Fucking Facebook. Why are you people on that weirdo's website. I know, it's convenient to organize. It's good. Everyone's on there. You can find people. You can get together, bake clubs. Uh, People rely on their business on Facebook. I get it. But holy shit, Batman. Talk about a dystopian Orwellian future right here in front of your face. Drones in the sky from China, Facebook banning protests and protest groups. Good news is the price of oil is free. I mean, I guess that's good. It's probably not good news, actually. It's probably holy shit news. I don't know. I'm not an oil trader. I know this. I used to be very shit scared of so-called peak oil. I read up on it, and I'm like, wow, God, that makes total sense. Holy fuck. We're running out of oil. What happens when we suddenly run out of oil? We got nothing else to power all the shit we're doing in society. Oh, my God, this is going to suck. And this was, by the way, right after I bought Bought this house way out in the country. I'm thinking of all the, the, the money I spent driving back and forth out here to the house when I used to commute into work. I'm like, what have I done? Well, funny how that turned out. We're starting to get oil from shale fields. We're starting to find it in other places. And we are as far from peak oil in my lifetime as I'll probably ever 
be. Speaking of oil, somebody had a meme of the Beverly Hillbillies where Jed Clampett, Jed Clampett shoots his gun and the oil gushes out of the ground. They said, oh boy, this is going to cost me a fortune. <laughs> Bundesliga soccer starts May 9th. Yes, I'm in. I'm buying a Bayern Munich shirt or kit, and I'm calling DirecTV saying, Hello, do you cover German, do you carry German soccer? Also, Danish soccer club FC Midtjylland announced plans that would allow 2,000 cars to park around their stadium and watch matches from giant screens on the top edge of the stadium. Some 10,000 fans could be present, and the team would make the TV commentary available in cars via radio. That's pretty cool. We don't really have those big screen jumbo screens pointing out in America, but maybe we can make them. I don't know. I'm sure some Karen would complain. On the NFL front, they held a mock draft to see how this thing was going to go. Apparently, there was glitches from the first pick with the Bengals. Also, some GMs on the 32-team conference call didn't know how to mute their mic, and so therefore, uh, it was a complete clusterfuck, according to those, uh, according to sources from certain reporters around the NFL. One GM apparently had his internet go out when he was trying to do this mock draft because his kids were all over their iPads. You damn kids! Could be fun on Thursday, so buckle up. Okay, time now for my man, Ron Thomas. Let me make sure and see if I can sync up. There we go. Ding, ding, ding. Boom. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, Hello, I'm sorry. Steven. Ready, boy. Are you, are you playing my Dave Matthews? Here it is. About to get real. <laughs> This is a very westernized subbeat right here. This is used in a lot of, you know, kind of trail songs, but I like it. I like the way it's done. Good. Well, you're a former drummer. You know all about percussions and whatnot. I know a little bit. I know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> That's for damn sure. So let's start with this. How you been, Ronnie? Yep. How's your golf? You're you're crossing uh, into the Commonwealth where they have mercifully kept the golf courses open during this to play. Where have you been playing? I've been playing at Stonewall. I'm actually playing there today as this airs, uh, Tuesday. It'll be my third time over there. I've played Raspberry Falls, which was in surprisingly good condition. That is a neat golf course up in the mountains. Kind of, well, not up in the mountains, but Double in the holes foothills. Climb up into the foothills of the Blue Ridge. The, yeah. uh, the, the, it's a Gary Player layout. It's got some great holes. It's a, it's a development course, so there's houses all around. Yeah, uh, but it's uh, it's also pretty tricky. Glad to hear it's in good shape. It has had it some it has had some years in which you can tell, right? The maintenance but it, budget has but, slipped. But you know, at this point, you're just happy to be playing, and it's very enjoyable, regardless of how you play, where you're playing. You're just happy to be out there. Can't you um, uh, can't you play closer to Maryland? I mean, you're coming deep. I don't mind you, by the way. But you know what, Steve? I love to go deep. And I'll tell you why I've been doing this, because I've been in, you know, being in the medical industry, I've been delivering a lot of masks, which, by the way, for your listeners, I just took a shipment of masks 
So if anybody wants to reach out to me for their business, I'm not doing onesies and twosies, but you know, I can do a case, a thousand of a thousand of the KN95 masks. So I'll get that out of the way, but I've been driving up to Baltimore heading over to Frederick and I'll be damned if I don't love that route 15 drive from Frederick down into Northern Virginia, crossing the Potomac. It's nice. Oh my God. It's beautiful. And I didn't realize you drive right into Loudoun County. Um, and I've now done it three times in the last two weeks, and I love it, Steve. You know how much I love history. Yeah. And, you know, you drive right through Civil War battlefields and just beautiful plantations, which are now, uh, for the most part, they are wineries. A lot of but, wineries out here, for yeah. sure. A lot yeah, of breweries playing, out here, for sure. Yes. Though. And I've played Westfields a couple times sure. and Pleasant Valley. So I just, you know, we're making the best of it. The thing that's a little hurtful is, is I'm still paying my country club dues which is fine it's close um and i'm not at a haughty toddy country club it's a very reasonably priced club but you go over and you play in virginia six seven eight times now at about 70 to 80 a clip and it kind of adds up a You're, little bit it, it does add up but hey it'll uh it'll all get back up and running here so we just got to be patient yeah. let's uh let's yeah. turn to the jordan documentary give me your first okay. blush thoughts as you watched it last night my first thoughts are i can't wait till next sunday because I enjoyed Agreed. it that much. Agreed. I, I think it's incredibly well done. I don't know if you looked at I'm a credit guy. I like to look at the credits. And uh, there are about nine executive producers, one of which is Curtis Polk, who is a University of Maryland graduate. And he uh, was David Falk's right-hand man at SFX. And he's a producer now. He produced the wonderful film Space Jams, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing yeah, wrong with Space and, Jam. A lot of Space right. ba- Space Jam jokes based off of this because many kids of a younger generation only know Jordan from that movie. It's exactly right. So he now runs Michael Jordan's business empire, but he's one of the executive, produ- executive producers. I-, I thought it was very well done. I loved how they mixed in the 97-98 season where the NBA you know, had the, the film crew follow him. Or was that 96, 97, 97, 98, I think. Um, uh, 97, 98. Okay. Yeah. He, here's the thing that overjoyed me the most. When I heard about this project, I'm like, okay, it'll be, you know, a mo- moment by moment journey through the last dance through that season on route to the sixth and final championship. That's great. I can't wait. What I had no idea. And I thought they might have a few little snippets of Jordan past years or college or whatever. Oh no, they're using this season as essentially scaffolding to build what is essentially going to be a 10 part monument, a shrine to Michael Jordan and his basketball career. And I couldn't be more overjoyed by that. Yeah. And I think it's great how they're bouncing back and forth. They're yes. using that timeline, like the, uh, the old radio dial moving mm-hmm. on the time. I think, incredible and steve they are not uh and you know jordan you know this he said initially when this was coming out or recently he said it's not going to make me look very good well it makes me like him fucking even more i know that he didn't pull anything out of it he's so real like there's something (laughs) so grounded about him like when he was shown his sweet mother reading one of his college letters and mm-hmm. saying, send money and I need more stamps. He la- Jordan laughs in a way and smiles in a way that is so genuine and so normal. It's awesome. 
It is awesome. And I, there's so many parts of it. We don't have enough time to get into it. We, but we I got did plenty make, of time. Let's not rush. All right. Well, I, I did make some notes here and okay. I'll go right down what I have. And then you can fire in whenever you want. Go ahead. Initially winning five championships in seven years in that day and age, Steve, when there weren't super teams, you know, he's playing with Luke Longley and the Paxson boys and Kerr and these guys and, uh, to Bill win Wennington. five and seven when you don't have the Garnett or the, uh, you know, you don't have the uh, he had, Kevin Durant and he these guys Pippen. together. Yeah, he had yeah, Pippen well. and he had serviceable guys. BJ Armstrong. Right. Craig right. Hodges going back further. Yes. Yes. All right. So that was an incredible accomplishment, much more so incredible or incredible more so than if a team did it now. Um, I, and then especially back then, as you know, players went where they were drafted or where they were traded. There was no demanding, oh. except we did learn that Pippen tried to demand the trade, which and they left it off there. I but, didn't. Uh, first of all, I didn't understand that he knew he was going into the last year of his deal, and he knew this was the last season. So why demand a trade in the middle of the year? Right. Maybe it's just his way of finally throwing a fit and basically fucking everything up for everybody because he was mad about it. And Well, we, we know that human nature dictates that if you do not feel appreciated, you're, the way you're going to act and the way you're going to behave and what you're going to project True. outwardly without really caring is not good. And, you know, when they, and it all had to do, it seems like, with Jerry Krause, with his relationship with Krause. When they talked about the way... That he was yelling at Krause on oh, the bus. God. Yeah, right. They're Holy like, shit. Where it was uncomfortable. They're like, man, you got to dial it down, Scott. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Now, before I forget about Krause, again, we're jumping around. I'm going to jump around a lot. But the thing that I think Jordan was concerned about, people not maybe thinking or it would show him in a good light and maybe him as a prick. I didn't like the way that he made fun of Krause, the, you know, the short comments. Really? That's not cool. Yeah, I don't think that's well, cool. Hey, Jerry, you gonna, you gonna, Jerry, you going to join us? You going to join us out here? We're going to lower the rims. You know, I don't think that's shit. Ball busting. Come on. Yeah, man. but there's two kinds of ball busting I don't do personally. Short I don't jokes, make fun of short people and jokes. fat people. About, I just don't. How about ball jokes? Never. I don't <laughs> I don't dig that. I don't think it's not. There's nothing uh, productive oh, or God. Uh, know. You know, nothing good is going to come out of making fun of someone's height. You know, I don't even make fun of Kurtz. <laughs> you <know? laughs> you just, just did though, because he's a height challenged American. Yeah, but you don't, but you never say anything like that. So I know. Okay. Uh, the Kraus, right. the Kraus thing was, that was a little bit brutal, but this guy obviously was it, such a pain in the ass. Let's, let's talk about appreciation for a second, because up until Jordan's final two years, when he got balloon payments of 30 and $33 million, he was making only three and a half million a year. I know. So Pippen know. was making two point seven. Jordan was making three and a half, and they still Jordan still understood. This is to me the greatest lesson from this whole thing. I'd, I'd tell it to my son if I had a son who was watching it with me, and I should probably make my daughter watch it because I'm a bad dad for not doing so. Okay. Uh, and the point is this: this is the greatest athlete in the world, the most beloved athlete in the world, the biggest, most dominant winner ever. An economic empire is in his fingertips and his fucking owner and his fucking fat GM 
are getting ready to wrap it up. They're like, five titles, another one, wrap it up again, when all mm-hmm. Jordan ever cared about was winning in sports. And to talk about being unappreciated, that is the ultimate bit of unappre- you know, not being appreciated. But, but here's the thing. And, and Jordan, when he wasn't happy about Pippen holding out or, or not getting his surgery earlier, he still said, you know what, though? It's on me. It's on me and my 35-year-old starting to break down body. I am going to take the challenge and I'm going to put it on my back because I want to win. I'm going to put up with all this bullshit. I'm going to accept the fact I'm not appreciated because the thing to me is about winning. I love this game and I love winning and I'm just going to navigate around all the bullshit. The dysfunction of the Bulls organization and the insanity of breaking up a five-time champion and a petty little fat tyrant. I'll make fat jokes. That's okay. That's all right. That dysfunction, that amount of unappreciation, I would tell anybody, exists everywhere in life and business. At At a high level, like professional sports, at a low level, like an ice cream shop. And you have to tell yourself, navigate around it to get to what's important to you. And if it's totally not in line with your values and you can leave, then leave. That's a great lesson. Jordan put up with all that bullshit, Ron. And he's like, fuck it. I'm going to win another title because this is my legacy. And eventually I won't be working for Jerry Reinsdorf. And eventually I'll be on my own to do this, that, and the other. So I'm going to put up with it. And he did. He did put up with it. And you know, the, the, they made it clear from the beginning that Krauss had issues. I thought it was neat how they covered all the bases. I thought it was really neat how they touched Bay or how they talked about his father and oh, you know how yeah. he was, yeah, how he just was never appreciated. And he was just always looking for that appreciation. <laughs> he went so far as to make that comment as, you know, individuals don't win championships, organizations win championships. Right. It just, just that little sidebar that you always have. But at the same time, he deserves an enormous amount of credit for bringing in Pippen. Yeah, you and I, you and I went talking via text on Sunday night where I said to you in a text and, and to Mr. Ronas, I go, you know what? It just seems like the players back then were more men than the players of today. They're the same chronological age, but they're not infantilized by the social media age we live in. You know, you look at Kevin Durant yeah. as a mature adult compared to players of that era. It's not even close. And nope. it's a pro- it's a matter of the product of the age. And also, what's a big difference, especially with Jordan, is he had a father who was a good father, worked, and was involved in his boy's life. He had a brother that would kick his ass in the backyard on the hoop. By the way, if that's the real Jordan hoop, it's the yeah. most sacred basket hoop, basketball hoop in the world. Yes, it is. And he had no AAU corrupting influence. That's so, it. Bingo. Dad plus brother minus AAU influence with a sprinkle of a setback early in one's career, such as, hey, I got cut from varsity when I was a sophomore and I had to be on the JV team. That's all the combustible uh, combustible elements right there to fuel a guy. And I'm not saying that today's players, just because they'd come from a different, you know, 
circumstance. Certainly LeBron came from a very different circumstance. No father. He was an AAU product. Didn't go to college. Didn't get coaching from the great Dean Smith. Um, You know, totally different. He's still a great player, but Jordan was cut from a different cloth. Well, how about an exhibit A for what you were just talking about? The, you know, the kind of player, how many owners nowadays like Jerry Reinsdorf would like he said, like once that contract is signed, don't come back in. Don't, I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear one word. You signed the seven year, $18 million contract. Right. There's no change in it. Well, that's a life lesson. Yeah. That's what that, that's what that is right there. All right. Shit. I have to live with my decision and I have to respect that because it's a fucking contract. Remember and used to, yeah. And he was hurt in that final year. So yes. the reason he signed it was because he was afraid of getting hurt. He also had a lot of responsibility back home. The other thing yes. about Pippen is that, you know, you see where he came from and you're yeah. like, fuck, Central Arkansas. Yeah. Nothing gets the good people of Central Arkansas, but that is some real flyover country poverty right there. People are yes, just trying to make it by. And he was at an NAIA school and he began as a student manager. Uh, yeah, it was the equipment manager. That's Get right. the Central fuck Arkansas. Out of here. <laughs> 12 kids. <laughs> they even right. they talk. Yeah, his dad has a stroke at the dinner table. His brother gets walks into high school and there's a wrestling match and one of the wrestlers puts him in some kind of move and paralyzes him. Two people in the house. And he said straight out. In in wheelchairs. And how many kids, how many brothers did he have? Like 12. Well, there were 12 12. kids. 12 kids, two people in wheelchairs. And he said that I had to take the guaranteed money because I had a lot of responsibility back home. So that's why he signed that contract. Right. So a few of the other things that jumped out at me, Sam Bowie being picked number two by Portland over Michael Jordan is just hilarious. Well, also, too, on that, how crazy was it that Rod Thorne appeared in that clip basically apologizing for Jordan (laughs) by saying, well, we wish he was seven foot one. Yes. That's fucking crazy. I know. I know. Because and 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 as I said on my show, I said that's because the league back then was a mastodon's league. Gotta get a big man. Yeah. And and to think that the Celtics were this incredible team. That eighty six Celtics team was one of the great teams of all time. But look at the lumbering mastodons up front. Seven foot Robert Parrish, slow as a sundial. Yes. McHale, not much better. Lurch, you know, 6'11". Bird at 6'9", playing quote-unquote small forward. Yes. And, and then they're and like, DJ and yeah. Ainge, that's a good enough backcourt. Cornbread Maxwell. <laughs> that's right. And, yeah, and don't forget about the guy coming off the bench, Greg Kite. Just yeah. <laughs> nothing. I mean, just no talent, but big. So, so when, Foul the shit out of someone if you needed him to. Right, so when a guy like Rick Carlisle is trying to guard... Jordan. Oh, yeah. And the, the announcer the says, Carlisle <laughs> just wants his mommy. And there's this look for, yeah. in Carlisle's face, like a thousand yard oh, stare yeah. of, holy shit, what am and I doing? And we left off Bill Walton. How about Bill Walton gets pissed off yes! at, uh, at DJ? Right. Like, <laughs> look what at the fuck are you doing? At, Why don't guard this guy? He makes me look like an idiot. He found out. <laughs> look at all the creaky mastodons on that oh, team yeah. with Walton off the bench as well. So that was the mindset of the league. Hey, Walt Quinn Buckner. Clyde Frazier saying, <laughs> well, you know, Michael's got to understand. He's only 6'6". He's not going to dominate the way. you know." And it's yeah. like, yeah, you don't know. He's going to change 
the fucking league. And he sure enough did. And, and to see the highlights, the, the montage of him against the Celtics in game two, uh, was set to the, uh, music of, uh, oh shit. I'm so bad at this. Now I gotta look at my phone. I don't remember. Um, it's, it's epic. I mean, it was just epic. And, and the other thing I didn't know was the golf match with Ainge yeah. Between it, games one and two. Did you know about yeah. that? I didn't know anything about it. That's why I sent you that link. Oh, uh, really? Which, yeah, that golf link. It didn't mention it in there, but LL, yeah, I had no LL idea. Cool J, I'm Bad. Oh, okay. That was the song that they used. And I had forgotten, by the way, how many jumpers Jordan hit while floating. He had 63 points, Steve. Okay. Six, 63 points. <laughs> and do you know how many threes he shot? Uh, maybe one zero. zero. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yep. Zero. And he shot 22 of 41 from the field, which means he shot better than 50% on that kind of volume shooting when they knew, holy shit, guard this guy. Yeah. I uh, wonder, and you, and you've got to wonder how many calls Boston got in that, in that shithole or how many, cage. how many no calls that, you know, Jordan gets, it, knocked well, exactly, and Jordan gets bumped exactly. and they're like, nah, play on. He still did shoot 19 free throws, but still, and the fact that the, the golf match in which Jordan played like shit and Ainge just wouldn't stop running his mouth, which sounds exactly like a Danny Ainge kind of thing to do. Yes. Ended with Jordan and, saying, and tell your guy DJ tomorrow, I got a little something for him. Yeah. And they had video of it. And yes. I mean, if that was the real video, like, how the hell did you get who, that video? Who takes video of that? Who takes video yeah. of Jordan washing his warm-ups with yep. the Bulls logos on him? Was that the protocol of the day? Mm. All right, here's your warm-ups. Uh, make sure to keep them washed. Well, that, Bring that them to bring, the game. That brings us to something that is the most, uh, probably the, the best part for me or the most impactful thing for me was when he talked about being... Uh, a rookie, and when he they were in Peoria, Illinois, yeah. playing the preseason game, and he went looking for the players, and he knock, 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 and he said he heard him inside. They said, "Who is it?" He said, "It's MJ." And they said, "Oh, fuck him! Oh, fuck! He's just a rookie. Yeah. Let him in." And he said he walked in, and he saw lines, he saw Wade, and he saw girls, and he said, "I'm out. I don't want anything to do with this." Well, that's when I grabbed my son. And I said, Winston, because he was kind of watching, but he was on his iPad as usual. Right. I said, Winston, turn that shit off. I said, watch this. And I used it as a life lesson, as a teaching lesson. I said, Winston, if you, you don't have to hang out. You don't have to stay. If there's shit going on when you're somewhere at a party or wherever you are and you don't like what's going on. Bounce. I said, look at what this guy did. Look at what he did. He right. left. Winston said, I said, do you understand? He said, yes, I do, Pop. And that's, you know. That's I mean, good. It is. And he went home and the next scene was the, he said, from then on, I was on my own. That's yeah. when they showed him in the apartment, he had like a condo. He's washing his clothes. <laughs> it's so amazing bad. how quickly, I mean, he, he had been in the league a month and a half, maybe. And he is on the cover of SI. A star is born. And they showed game three of his rookie season. I thought it was great. They said it's Steve. They couldn't have covered more bases. They made sure to show you what the hell the you know, when they talk the about an, when the they talk about game. an indoor yeah, an indoor soccer team was was outselling them. <laughs> yes, in terms of crowd. By the way, and that then, was not an exaggeration because I talked to uh, the guy who does the Bulls play by play now, 
And of course, I've got uh, end of day brain here, so it's going to come to that's me in right, just that's a second. Right. Uh, but he was the voice of the indoor soccer team. I go, is that true, or is that just sort of a fanciful embellishment? And he said, nope, definitely a Chuck Swirsky. Chuck Swirsky, who is the current voice of the Bulls, he covered the team back during the Jordan era, and he called the soccer team. Uh, the soccer team was out drawing the Bulls because they were, as David Aldridge said, a joke. Yes. They were a drug-addled joke of a team. A cocaine circus, they called it. <laughs> they Did you see him laugh when they circus. said that shit? He <laughs> loved it. He wasn't ready for Which shows me that he was not ready. He didn't know any of the questions that were coming. A lot of pricks with his stature and status like, would be like, you tell right, me what you're asking. send me these fucking pictures, send me these questions, I'll look them over, and then we'll get back to you. Nope. Cocaine circus. He started laughing his ass off. Circus, right? I love how uh, one of the Twitter follows that I follow for the NBA said the biggest L's taken last night. You know, Kraus was one. Uh, yeah. Another one was every member of that eighty three eighty four Bulls team yeah. that had kept it together all these years about that <laughs> hotel room. <in> <laughs> It was out. It's out now. Somebody else joked like, yeah, I bet they're all sitting at home watching the documentary of their family going, yeah, no, that that really didn't happen. That that story yeah. is Yeah, I wasn't in Peoria. No, no, no. <laughs> so the game, the game three that they showed where he went nuts when they were down going into the fourth, and I loved how they said, I keep saying I love, but I did. And they were all ready to how, quit because oh, that's yeah, what they said, do. What did he say? We're down, we're down six or nine. They're going in the fourth. And he said, they're ready to fucking pack it in. And he said, no, 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 we can win it. But the the crowd reaction when he started going off in the yeah. fourth, yeah. the one dude down on the baseline ran around and stuck his head around the basketball support, the padding, and started banging on the padding. He's like up on the court. I didn't see that. Oh, it was fucking great. I got to go you know, and watch it. With like the butt cut and the plaid shirt and oh, the corduroys, yeah. some dude going nuts. And you know he's a diehard. If he's at the game in the first place. Right. The thing, dude, so. the thing is the whole story of everything and all the people involved is it's, it's, it's just, it's so good. People say, Oh, they should do a documentary about this team or that team or whatever. You're never going to get the kind of crazy story. This really was with this mix of personalities. Cause they're going to use like episode two was about Pippin. All right. Episode one yep. was to set things up. Episode two is about Pippin. One of the episodes will be about Phil. Another episode's going to be about Rodman for sure, because that was a real gamble to bring him in because he was a, he was a wild card and yes. he was phenomenal as a component on the team. And so they're going to go through all the different components, but here this is the best summary that I, I think I've seen on the web. And that is uh, Warren Sharp on Twitter said a baseball scout, a baseball scout, called the Bulls owner and asked if he could be their GM. He got the job. He assembled a team that won six titles in eight years. His best players hated him. His coach despised him. He dismantled everything and then finished dead last the next four years. His city still hates him. You, you can't write a story like that. You can't create a character that looks like good old crumbs Krause. So do you think that peace. Jerry Krause did that to, as if to say, fuck you? No. You know, look at what I did. I didn't get any shit. Or do you think he did it? Is it the opposite saying, I'll show you that I know what I'm doing and I can start from scratch and rebuild and win again. Yeah. And you'll see that I'm really that good. 
Yeah, he wanted yeah. to do that. That's because he was just and he made so many good calls to go get Pippen and trade up with the Sonics to make sure to land him. Uh, bring in Phil Jackson to Chicago in the first place when they were floundering with Collins and Stan Albeck and others. Um, and then of course Cartwright. the Cartwright. Cartwright for Oakley thing was huge and controversial at the time, and Jordan didn't like it. So there was a lot of good things that Kraus did, but he just couldn't dial it back a bit and let others bask in the glow of what he had set up. Yes. Well, a, a couple other things Tim that I'd like Floyd. to... God, did he yeah, Tim that. Floyd, it was weird. It was weird. It was someone he could push around, probably, or who knows? You don't know what a, a guy fish, like that is. He was his fishing thinking. buddy, basically. Yeah. The 85 dunk contest in Indianapolis, Indiana, I was at, and I will never forget it. I have the ticket stub. I was at the All-Star game, too, but Michael Jordan... Dominique ultimately won. Uh, Drexler, Doctor J. I'll never forget it. That's, That's when Jordan's Jordan flew. Rookie yeah, he year. flew from the foul. He flew from the foul line. That's his rookie year or his second year. His set. Well, he was drafted in '84, so it would have been his the rookie, year. rookie year. Yeah, his rookie year. Was he wearing in February? And he was wearing the uh, script Chicago jersey. Uh, I, I'm not sure the gold okay. necklace and yeah. But it was um, hair. It was hair Jordan. Meaning he had hair at the time. Uh, yeah, he did. Not, I mean, not very much, but I'll never forget the. It was packed. It was at Market Square Arena, and I will never forget that All Star Game alone. Um, God, I'll, you need to pull up. That yes, it was. Game. You I'm looking at it. The roster. It was. It was tight. It was tight shorts, Jordan. And that's the one where he does a dunk, and he flew at, from half court. He's like with the ball tuck. He's almost I, parallel to the ground. His chest is out, and that's the one he took off from the foul line. I think that was the next year. Was I'm, it? I'm not entirely sure because there's the, the one I'm looking at here, he's got the script Chicago jersey, he's got gold chains, and he's got hair. And yeah. he also he did a dunk in which his eyes are basically looking at the rim. Yeah, that was the side the side mill, the yes. windmill on the side. And he's yeah. he's cupping the ball in his palm and he's about to side mill it. Yeah. Okay. All right. But def- that all-star that all-star game had it, there's the lineups are incredible from Sidney Moncrief on the west, you know, it was Alex English, I mean that kind you know of what? that kind of 80, stuff. 86 he wasn't in it because he was hurt. Okay. That was the Spud Webb one okay so we would go to 87 and i think that's 87 is the one where jordan is flying with his legs kicked out behind him it's also the one where he goes diagonal and at that point his jersey said bulls on the front they had modernized their jersey just a bit gotcha he did not have gold chains he had a tighter crop on his hair and that is the one 87 which blew people's minds. Yep. How about the uh, the the theme song, the introductory song for them, Alan Parsons Project. Yeah. It's called Serious, which is the lead up to Eye in the Sky. That's so perfect. I wonder if someone else had used that beforehand. But that will always be the Chicago Bulls theme song, if you will. Oh, and it's perfect. And and now <laughs> yeah. as the announcer. <laughs> hypes yeah. it up it it literally just transports you back in time and gives you gives you goosebumps it's good stuff isn't it yeah it is and the golf stuff i thought it was cool how they touched on it they didn't quite go into enough of it they probably will 
But, you know, he at Carolina, the story is amazing. He was roommates with Buzz Peterson, who was on the team, who was actually the player, the player of the year in North Carolina high school basketball. Right. And Buzz, yeah, there you go. Ah, there yeah. you go. It's called Lights I think this was I think this was one of the uh, first big elaborate introduction protocols in the NBA. Well, definitely was. Definitely. And other other arenas fell in line, but nobody dared to use in the NBA the same song, you know, cuz that'd be like really cheesy. Yeah, you can't. But who would have thought a British band from, you know, Alan Parsons project would have that? Go figure. Anyway, you were, it. you were saying while I introdu- interrupted well, you. That's all right. He, he, yeah, his roommate was Buzz Peterson, and Buzz Peterson was friends with Davis Love. That's right. And yeah, and he got him Davis in the goal. Love. Yeah, well, Davis Love comes over to the to the room one night or one day, and he's like, "Yeah, we're, we're going to Buzz and I are going to go hit some balls." And Jordan was like. Sure, I'll come over. You got to read this article I sent you. It's really good. Maybe you can put it on. I will on I Twitter. Will. But so uh, he, and they fell in love with the game immediately because it's because it's the greatest game ever invented. It is and ninety three million he made in fifteen years, Steve. That's on the hundred ninety million on the court. Hundred million he still makes. Hundred million plus from Nike. You tell me a player. After playing in the league, LeBron ain't making a hundred. Well, shit. Yeah, he is. The money's the money is different now. By no, the way, I'm saying after. I'm saying after this far after his career, eh, will he still be making a hundred million a LeBron? year? LeBron yeah, yeah. No, LeBron will. LeBron's very shrewd at making money. He but knows how to leverage Nike, himself. Oh, from, from Nike. This is a hundred million from Nike from his Jordan brand each year. Yeah. How about the fact that Patrick Ewing was wearing a Jordan Jumpman logo on the shirt while being interviewed in a documentary <laughs> yeah. about the guy that ripped his heart out time after time when the two played together? So the interesting thing is going to be they have to talk about the you know, kind of the failure, we'll call it. I mean, we have to call it a failure when he came to the Wizards. We'll wait and we can talk about that another time. But Maybe they'll total delve nightmare. into that. I wouldn't mind if they just dropped it and didn't bring it up at all you know yeah but you know it's coming up and i wonder about if they how much are they going to get into the richard Eskinas gambling thing and his departure to go play baseball for a year and a half yeah well and, did you have that guy on i didn't listen you no not that. yet i'm gonna okay. i'm gonna have him on later this week we'll talk to my guy okay, good that. all right ronnie all godspeed right, my brother. friend great to talk to you and we'll uh, chat next week you got it steve see ya All right, we'll end on a couple of uh, quick stories here. Uh, Apparently, the Ryder Cup and the PGA of America is considering a fanless Ryder Cup this fall at Whistling Straits. I don't even know why that's on the table because the Ryder Cup without fans is not the Ryder Cup. It just isn't. To me, there's no point in playing it. Oh, but what about the TV money? Eh. Can you not just postpone it a year? It just makes no sense to me but they're the ones that uh i don't know maybe they're getting people going hey man might not be fans next year either this thing might go for a year two years we'll never have fans back at sporting events anyway uh tim fincham is being inducted to the golf hall of fame i don't think he belongs you know what he made a lot of money for a lot of guys he's just a corporate suit 
to think that you want to reserve Hall of Fames for the true, you know, legends of a sport, preferably players and not administrators, I don't think Tim Fincham belongs. The skateboarders are reclaiming their skate parks in California just a day or two after the city bulldozed a bunch of sand into them. They brought shovels and buckets and brooms, and they're already cleaning it out. That's pretty damn funny. And then finally, who knew that picking up seashells to put in a jar was such serious business? Apparently, the beaches of the Outer Banks are being overrun with seashells because of the lack of visitors during the coronavirus shutdown. Saw a photo of all the shells basically covering the beach. You won't be able to walk. And it makes perfect sense. Millions, hundreds of thousands, and maybe millions plus walk up and down the beaches and they collect seashells. They uh, use them in arts and crafts. And if nobody's going to be there to pick them up, they're going to pile up pretty quick. All right, that'll do it for me today. Thank you so much for listening. Tell a couple friends if they like good podcasts that talk about sports, life, and more. Remember to subscribe to Fridays. you got to do it by getting the, the Zabecast app, which is free. Get the Zabecast app. It's free. You can then subscribe to Fridays through the app. Only 5 bucks a month, $0.16 cents a day. And then you get five glorious days of me, not just four. Tell a couple friends, have a great Tuesday, and we will see you tomorrow.